From the poorhouse to the palace, Bethel Baptist Church is pleased to bring you this uplifting program hosted by Dr. Doug Castle. Please stay with us and open your heart as Dr. Castle opens God's Word. Well, thank you for joining us as we continue to look at the life of King Uzziah today. And uh, we're, we've been looking at his character, all his accomplishments. His accomplishments were determined by his character. He's a man of great character, just hard, earth looking, uh, hard work ethic. He wasn't a super talented man, but he had, a good, he had good faith in God. He was a man of preparation. He was a man of balance and organization and hard work that we've seen about. And let me uh, read you a verse here in, uh, in chapter 26, verse 15, where it says about Uzziah that he made in Jerusalem engines invented by cunning men to be on the towers and upon the bulwarks to shoot arrows and great stones withal. And his name spread far abroad, for he was marvelously helped till he was strong. I'm going to talk to you today about uh, Uzziah, and he he had a great quality of character. Uh, we could describe it in many ways. We we might call it the pioneer spirit. I could say tell you he was industrious, he was inventive, he was ingenuitive. I, I believe this is the most unique aspect of Uzziah's accomplishments, his character. There are many character traits that we all have in common. And then we have, each of us have some that are common only to us or unique only to us. And I believe a great key to Uzziah's life that was unique in his accomplishments was his inventions. Uzziah was led by a man of vision, his father-in-law, the high priest. And he became a man of vision. I want you to notice that King Uzziah was not the man of invention, uh, but he sat in a position that enabled him to employ and empower men of invention. It was for this reason that he is credited with the invention. We're not given the names of the men. We're given the description of the invention, and we're told that it was because of Uzziah. Again, you know, you can borrow brains, but you can't borrow character. You know, he had character, so he could borrow the brains, which only increased his character. He had enough wisdom and humility to realize that others had something that he did not have, and he was more concerned with the safety of Jerusalem than with his ego. And again, we don't have the names of the men who invented these great military advancements, but we do have the leader being credited for the employment of these men. We, you know, we can get a lot more done for God if we would be wise enough to swallow our pride, realize that God has given each of us talents, that if joined together, we can help, and we can be helped and be made marvelously strong. They invented engines that shot arrows and catapults that could be affixed to towers. That was no small feat. In those days, the walls were defended by dropping stones on men's heads as they approached the wall. There were pots of boiling oil, and major cities would have piles of boulders on the wall and fire pits with pots of oil for the times of defense. The problem was that sooner or later, the invading forces brought so many soldiers that they would eventually overwhelm the walls or they would run out of boulders and pots of oils and and they had shields and helmets that were improved with time to protect them. And they needed something new to defend the walls. And if they could shoot large arrows and catapult large boulders great distances while the advancing army had their guards down, this would give them another great advantage. And the invading army might be kept back instead of having to wait until they were close. And uh, they would pick off more men before they reached the wall. And they might be able to 
handled the invading forces. And again, Uzziah defeated four major nations, never suffered a military defeat because he was wise enough to employ men of invention. You know, there is something that God puts in people that if we're not careful, we may lose in our day, in our day, of comfort, convenience, and technology. It should be common for men to be men of invention. It should be common for men to solve problems and accomplish great tasks with the tools and the things that are available to them. You know, I've said before that in World War II, the farm boys from the Midwest and the Plain State uh, brought a great advantage to our military. Many of those boys who had been farming on the hills of the Great Depression had to learn to do everything with what little they had. Many of them only had one set of clothes and had never, some of them never even owned a pair of shoes in their lives. Many had never had three meals a day. And when they joined the army, they were given several sets of clothes, three meals a day, guaranteed wage and tools and trainings. Their, their life got better. And I understand war is terrible, but before they got over there to the war, their life was the best it had ever been. And when you send a soldier to war, and, and you have to remember that trucks and jeeps and tanks and airplanes were new inventions in those days, that you had also sent a mechanic who was able to adapt, overcome, and conquer. They didn't have trained mechanics. The soldiers, the foot soldier, kept the machinery running to run a successful war campaign. Invention and a pioneer spirit, industriousness, it's not limited to war, but business and trade also. Everything that we use today and all we have is because men of invention who were men of business and men of trade. I could tell you a lot of stories. Allow me one, one that's dear to my heart about the Harley-Davidson motorcycle, amen. And uh, there was a time when there were many American motorcycle builders and factories. And, uh, but by the 1980s, only one remained, and that was Harley-Davidson. And during the 1980s, the government imposed temporary tariffs on the import of Japanese motorcycles like Suzuki and Honda, Yamaha, Kawasaki. I was a kid during those days. I remember that. That meant they, they limited the number of Japanese bikes being imported into America in order to have, in an attempt to help boost this, the sale of U.S. motorcycles, Harley-Davidson. It was all we had left. It was part of the American economy. President Reagan uh, wanted didn't want the didn't want another uh, to lose another source of industry and commerce in the United States, and uh, he actually went and visited the the company. And when he got when he met with the executives of Harley Davidson, uh, they asked him to cancel the tariffs a year ahead of schedule because they had made such a turnaround. They no longer needed the tariffs for protection. Look. The Harley Davidson could have said, hey, why don't you just get rid of all these Japanese bikes and just give us the monopoly? But they said, hey, uh, we're fine with uh, making it on our own now. And they, they told how the workers in the plant came up with ways to make their assembly line more efficient and raise the quality of their work. And managers and workers came up with ways to beat back the competition from Japan. Inventory and parts management was, revised, uh, was refined and improved and and Harley-Davidson at one time produced only one model of motorcycle. But by 1987, uh, they had an entire family of different models and various sizes in order to compete with Japan. And President Reagan made this statement after touring the, touring the Harley-Davidson plan. I want you to listen to what he said. He said, we are not a lazy people. We are innovative, pragmatic, industrious, industrious people and have demonstrated as much time and again 
during more than two centuries of problem solving. And this is what he said about Hunter Davis. He said, that's not a factory. That's a religion. Folks, this was, was once part of the, the moral fabric of our nation in our churches and in our home and in our community. And today we live in a society that just wants everybody else to do our thinking for us to do and find out uh, easier ways so that we have to do less and less and have to do nothing. And we wonder why we're producing an entitlement society with such bad character and we can't even find the character of Christ anywhere. Now, folks, let me encourage you, get out there and figure something out for yourself. You know what? I'm a guy that I'll be staring right at it, and there could be three people standing around me that can see what I cannot see, and I'll put something together wrong and take it apart and put it back to and figure it out, but I'd like to figure it out, and I'd rather figure it out than I'd have somebody tell me. You know, the other day, I was building a deer stand. Can you tell what time of year this was being recorded? And I was putting this together, and of course, the instructions are terrible, and there were three or four different parts that I would put it together, and then I'd, I'd see it afterwards, uh, and I'd take it apart, and I'd put it back together again, and, and I'd put it together right. And you know what? I'd rather do that than have somebody that knew how, the man that built the stand in the factory, telling me how to do it. Because I, I want to, to learn for myself. I want to do for myself. Because there's times in life where you have to have an industrious pioneer spirit. And let me tell you something. Uh, the reason we have these United States is because of the pioneers that left their homes and blazed the trail. My, and my time is already gone for today, but I'm going to continue on with this and talk about this as we pick up next week. Uh, America was shaped by people who headed across the plains in a covered wagon with just enough food to keep them alive and just enough tools to help them to have a, 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 a toehold, a foothold on a pioneer life where they would have to figure life out one day at a time in a climate they had never experienced, in a culture they had never experienced, in a way of living they had never experienced, and yet we have 326 plus million souls here hundreds of years later all across this great land because people were industrious and inventive and ingenuitive. And I promise you, it's a part of the Christian life. Look, when God put Adam in the garden, he didn't hand him a Lowe's credit card and told him to go get what you need. He, he gave him the ability to figure out what to do and how to do it. Boy, I'll tell you what, you'll help your children with that and you'll help your life. My time is gone for today. You join us tomorrow. Uh, next week is God gives you the opportunity. God bless you. It's our prayer until then. No longer a pauper. You've been enjoying the program from the poorhouse to the palace. Find Pastor Castle's Bible commentaries and other resources when you visit the website bbclinton.com. Archive broadcasts of this radio program are available at wytjradio.com. Listen to the latest broadcast wherever you are or catch up on what you missed whenever you want by subscribing to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Just search from the poorhouse to the palace. From a poor